0: Well, welcome back everyone to another episode of Angel Investors Access with your host Brandon Burns. I'm excited for today's episode because I've got a guest with me. He's the country manager ANZ at TOA Global. He's a founder and entrepreneur. He's a SaaS and fintech specialist. He's a startup mentor and an all-round nice
1: guy. It's Brian Walsh. How are you? Thanks for the intro, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I need to record it to you. actually put this on my LinkedIn. That was the best, <laughs> best intro I've ever had.
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what, maybe I should get into the business of doing pre recorded intros for people on LinkedIn. I like that. <laughs> so, mate, I'm excited to have you on the show. And we've obviously discussed multiple ventures of yours previously before we jumped on the show. And I'm excited to talk about your time at PayPal, JP Morgan. You spent time abroad at Intuit, and you've also set up businesses both here in Australia and in the US, which is exciting. One thing we love to do at the start of the show is to really paint a picture for our listener and viewer and to give them an idea of what a typical day in the life of Brian Walsh looks like. And maybe you can give me (laughs) pre-COVID.
1: Oh um, I guess uh, nowadays i like, am I'm, I'm involved I'm, as you said I'm leading the country for ANZ for Toad Global so we're an outsourcing business for account accountants in Australia and New Zealand so we are a global business um it's a really exciting business um very much a startup. Um, you know, started in 2014, but still growing massively. Um, 1,600 employees in the Philippines, and yeah, we're just we're the second biggest employer of accountants in the Philippines. Um, a day in the life, you know, my my day is never the same. Um, changes every day, and um, which is the you know the exciting part of what I do. Um, and I'm, you know, full of challenges. Um, I'm dealing with people all the time. Um, so, and, you know, owning the whole p for APACs, you know, it's, um, it's the fun part, I guess. I love You're it, on.
0: Yeah, awesome. <laughs> there we go. Um, so tell me, Ryan, if you had to outline the key hats that you wear, uh, across being an advisor and a mentor and obviously a TOA, um, where would you spread your time percentage-wise and how do you find time to really be as effective as you can in all those different roles that you play?
1: Yeah, well, I guess, um look, in my spare time, um, I enjoy helping startups where I can. Um, pretty much, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a great startup ecosystem in Australia and there's you know there's some really good communities and you know i kind of this i got into these communities um when i was actually working in the us so when i was helping settle up a business in the us um for a business i worked in previously um i re- i got involved in a lot of these communities and that gave me a big passion for the startup community and seeing what's there i mean in the early days i got to um, I, you know, I got to see and listen to people from Bird, um, Pletron, and they were in the US and they, at the time, they, they were they were looking for angel investments and that, and now they're billion dollar businesses. And then when you look at, you know, in Australia, you know, you look at these communities and there's so many awesome entrepreneurs, but, you know, they struggle with certain areas and, you know, I love to be able to give a little bit of time. I specialize really in strategy and growth. And that's where, you know, I guess my forte has always has been through my corporate life and in my, um, when I've been with startups. So, you know, I'm always, I always love to be able to get help out where I can, you know, I've I've always gotten, you know, an open door. I always, you know, spend time when I can, you know, to help people along. You know, today's, um, you know, business in the kitchen is tomorrow's billion dollar business. I mean, you know, one of the big things I learned a long time ago, I'm actually when I, when I was working with Intuit, um, when I was in San Jose, the founders of so Scott Cook's table is, his kitchen table is actually in the main office. And that is the table where he taught up the idea of QuickBooks and wow. making people's finances easier. And it's just those little things, you know, it started in his kitchen and looked at it, you know, multi, multi-billion dollar business now.
0: Yeah absolutely
1: so, yeah so you know so my time you know spare time definitely i spend as much time in startups my day my day life you know it's, it's totally global i wear a lot of hats here in terms of you know running the business um for a and z um so yeah it's i mean like i've i find time where i can i still have a great family life you know i make sure i have you know i don't call it a work-life balance i'd say I have a life balance
0: yeah i love that that's excellent man tell me about your time at paypal and, and what was involved there
1: um, so PayPal is an interesting one. So I, I fell into PayPal um, really. I was working with JP Morgan and I worked in the hedge fund side of things and I was with them for about six years and the um, the GFC came and JP Morgan were at the center of a lot of, this. there was a lot of redundancies and at the time I was quite young. So I thought, yeah, this was, this would be, you know, I can go out and I'll find something else. You know, I was getting the hedge funds the hedge fund industry is not where I want to be so I thought, and at that time you know it was quite easy to get a job back in uh, dublin Um the financial <laughs> services industry was just vibrant um but then G- as i said gfc hit and i left jp morgan and then i realized oh it's not as vibrant anymore and um, there's all these jobs you know no one's no one's hiring so i started to apply for a couple of jobs Um my wife was pregnant on uh, now i my son at the time i thought well i have to get a job so um I applied for this role on PayPal, which looked pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, so I ended up getting, getting into PayPal. And I was working in sort of the relationship management side of things, working with the likes of Sage and other partners. And really awesome. And you know, at the time, I mean, PayPal was starting to take off. Um, before the interview, I wouldn't have known who PayPal were, which is, you know, I shouldn't be saying that. But um, yeah. uh, as, as I got in, I realized this tech space just is awesome. and I just got it then, you know, sales was always, and sales and growth has always been a thing with me. So I ended up being asked to lead the, um, the UK sales business from Dublin. At the time, it was about, I think it was about seven people and wow. grew that to 48 people in about two years. Uh, at the time, then Australia were looking to, you know, to grow their small business sales. And um, they asked me would I come out here and do the same out here. So uh, yeah, PayPal, eBay at the time relocated me out to Sydney, um, and that was you know a, a pivotal part of my career, I'd say. Um, being able to get that opportunity to to, co- to go to a, to um, Australia, and yeah, we, we told myself and my wife and told, yeah, it's gonna be a two year journey, and then we'll go back home, and you know built up the small business sales for PayPal in Australia and it's a part of eBay's yep. and really enjoyed it. And then I was approached by Intuit and at the time we were considering, well, will we stay in Australia or are we going back home? And I was like, no, we're staying in Australia. So, um, yeah, so Intuit were launching pretty much in, in Australia, you know, massive business. So, um, Moved to Intuit, got to work with some of the most amazing minds there were. I mean, you know, it was a big PayPal crew there as well. Yes. Um, so, and it was it was it's interesting. Like a lot of the people from PayPal, you know, moved to the industries together. Wow. Um, yeah. So, at you know, and we've got there's a good group that we all still keep connected all the time. Wow. So it's it's pretty awesome. And even when I moved to Australia, I relocated two people from the Dublin office with me to help me set it up and you know they've been pivotal people in helping me to be successful throughout my life one of them actually even moved to Inchwood not long after I did so and ended up actually working eventually working leading a lot of my teams there so yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's been, a, it's been an awesome journey. It was Intuit that really got me into the startup landscape, you know, and the, the hunger for startup, because even though Intuit's a multi-billion dollar business, yeah. they do everything like a startup. So in Australia, you're setting up, I mean, the first sales business I set up for them in Australia was in a kitchen in the Regis offices in, down beside the QVB in Sydney. That was yeah. where we set it up. Six months later, we're in a huge, big office, one of the top offices in Sydney. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that was the whole thing, you know, of where, you know, you're, you're a startup and this is, this is where you can get to, was just awesome. And that really got me into then moving into earlier stage startups, or startups are up in the growth stage, which yep. then, you know, brought me to the U.S. I traveled to the U.S. from Sydney every three to four weeks for two years. Um, Set up an office in uh, Santa Monica on 3rd Street in uh, WeWork. And, yeah, really just got to see how vibrant the startup scene was there. And, you know, yeah, it was just awesome. And then coming back here, then I just had to cut down the traveling. And then getting into a really early stage startup then in, yeah, here in Australia. It's just, yeah, it's been a great journey.
0: That's excellent. So it's been a colorful journey. Maybe could you be brave enough to share with us maybe what's been one key mistake or challenge that you've had to overcome along the journey, which has actually become a really good blessing and learning outcome?
1: Yeah. So I guess um, something I would say is a skill of mine is building teams. And um, one of the things, one of the biggest learnings I've had in my career was when you know when you're building teams and you inherit teams on your journey, is make sure you put your stamp on. Don't hold on to something that's you know, you know is not going to work. Like I'm all for you know I'm I'm very keen on giving, making sure I coach, lead, and mentor people, and make sure you know. But after that, if they can if those people aren't the right fit, it's not good to take them on a journey because not only are you killing them, but you're killing your own business. And, you know, I've done that in the past and uh, to me is the biggest learning is, uh, you know, early on, if, you, if you've you got the good feel or if you know this is not the right team, make sure you turn that around to be the right team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So make make hard decisions early but yep. for the better long term view. I love that. Um, okay, so talk to me about a time in your career journey with startups and businesses where you've actually witnessed and been a part of huge monumental growth traction and explosion and uh, what things that can really indicate that a business is experiencing it and should really run a million miles an hour at growing as quickly as they can like what's an example of where you've seen explosion in traction
1: um i you know i guess it's seen this it in a number of them um, a number of times in my career um like even even through like the corporate and the you know the startup like intuit being you know I know again going back to that but Intuit it was you know even though we were operating as a startup we had exponential growth very very you know very quick, um and you need to really run quick to manage that. I also when we were in the U.S. you know when we were growing there like we were the you know, we were selling a SaaS product and again you know it's it's a widget so and you know, if when, you, when you're selling you know widgets on your i guess um you start to see the growth behind behind where that can be. Like we, we went from a conversion of, you know, it was an organic conversion initially of 20%. We went from that from the 20% conversion to I think it was just over 70%. And um, that was just by putting the right team in place, having the presence in the US. And that growth, you know, that, to manage that growth, you need the right tools in place, you need the right people in place. And you know, don't just sit back and think what what you're doing now is what's gonna work in the future because it's not. You need to make sure that you're automating as much as you can. You need to make sure that you're staying on top of where you need to be six months down the road, a year down the road, three years down the road. So what you're implementing now, you need to be thinking of implementing that. That has to be the future state. Don't be just thinking of the here and now. And you know, exponential growth is, it's awesome when you see it, um, but you know, you work damn hard to get to it.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about the importance, in your view, of angel investing and why aspiring first-time angel investors should really take the plunge and get into this space and change the game.
1: Yeah, so look, um, it's interesting because when I was in the US, you see so many angel investors. You see so, much peop- so many people investing in startups, taking you know, that calculated risk and they are people that make it. Like they are people that get to be part of a startup. They get to be a part of something, the next success story. In Australia, I you know I feel that you know I've been on the you know on the um I guess the uh, the out in the out you know in in uh, with the VCs and that. And I guess it's harder to get angel investment in Australia than it is when you're in the likes of the US and other markets. And I feel that. In Australia, people don't not taking as my as many of those calculated risks which they should be. I mean, we have some of the best start some of the best um, businesses, our startups and entrepreneurs that are out there. I mean, I look at what I've seen. You know, I've traveled the globe and I've seen so many different businesses, and I've been part of so many different businesses. And I get then you know being part of so many different startup communities here in Australia and seeing the businesses that are growing is it's just phenomenal and those businesses need angel investment, and we should be really getting behind these businesses you know i live in noosa and there's a place called the parisian hub there there's some absolutely awesome startups there like you know you think about noosa alone there is a huge amount of startups there you look at, you know, I'm down here, in the, I'm the surface paradise now. You look at the amount of startups that are down here. You know, this, like you know, when I think of the Gold Coast, and I think, you know, it's like the Silicon Beach, which was Santa Monica when we started, when I was in Santa Monica. Um, you look at Sydney, you look at Brisbane, and, you know, there's so many people like yourselves and that that are putting so much into these, you know, supporting these um startups that we need more angel investors actually putting money into these and being part of these startups and being part of the next Atlassian or whatever it is.
0: Love it, mate. We need another Atlassian. We need another Canva. We need another Afterpay. Yep. Um, so I've got a two-part question for you. What's been the best piece of advice you've received and from who? And what's been the worst, most horrible piece of advice?
1: <laughs> um, best piece of advice? Um, I guess one of the thing. I guess... um. One of uh, a previous mentor of mine always told me, you know, be honest. Always be honest with yourself. You know, you've got your core values. Be honest and don't be afraid to have to have a voice at the table. Don't sit and be quiet. Um, and that was actually um, uh, Brad Patterson, who's now the CEO of Split. Um He, you know, he's, he's a phenomenal leader and someone I'll always, you know, look up to. Um, you know my leadership skills. I would say a lot of them pan from him, and watching him. Um, I remember, you know, back in the days when we worked together, he. Um, I always just knew. I always knew, and I to said to him, I said, you know, one of these days you will be a CEO. Like he's just got a presence. Walks in, walks into a room, and just that like, oh, guy. You know, he's there, and you know, he always said to me, you know, you just, you need to, you know, run your run your business the way you know how to run it. Don't, you know. Yeah.
0: okay cool so um when we talk about worst piece of advice or like most horrible has there been occasions where maybe not necessarily you've been on the receiving end but through your exposure to startups founders investors mentors you've maybe seen or heard some advice being given where you've had to jump in and correct it and the reason i ask this is because Sometimes, um, on the startup journey, at least I've noticed, timing can play a real part in advice being really relevant and much, much, much less less relevant. Um, And sometimes it's important to have someone with the foresight to help you define whether it is actually really relevant at that point in time. So has there been an example where you've seen someone who's really thought they're on the right path and maybe heading in the right direction, but you've had to have the courage to sort of say, hang on, You really need to consider.
1: Yeah, so actually, I was um, I was contacted by a startup recently, who um, again in the technology space, and the founder was the guy that um, I was introduced to, and they were on a good journey, and they, you know, good, excuse me, good growth potential, and they were doing a lot of things right, but the problem was the founder didn't want to listen to his team. And he was pivoting nonstop, so they um, they they um, again they have a they have a, kind of a, a widget type product, but they also have a service that goes behind it. Um, but the um, the founder, he, when when we spoke, and it was only. You, Two weeks ago, we were speaking. Um, he was talking about his plan, his plans, and his plans all, all revolved around. I'm going to pivot here. I'm going to pivot there. I'm going to do this. And after being involved in a number of startups, where you know you do keep pivoting and you do need to pivot, but he was moving away from the, He was moving away from his core, and where he was going was completely down a rabbit hole. And when we discussed it, was I was introduced to him through um, through one of his actually advisors. And it was more so to actually talk about, okay, you're on this journey. How do you grow on the journey you're on without having to keep pivoting? And yeah, we had to keep a real conversation around, you know, your team are saying this, they know what this is where their expertise is. We uh you're you know, you're entrepreneurial, you just want to be in everything. Like you need you need to focus on the one area, you use. this is where you need to go down. Um you know, I think he, you know, he, he definitely um, took it on board. Um, whether he does it or not is another thing. But, um, you know, I, I do think, you know, he has a really um, great team in place. Uh, if he just, you know, concentrates on making sure, stick to what the end goal is and go on that, that journey and don't keep starting something new all the time.
0: Yeah. What are you reading and listening to right now?
1: Um, what am I reading and listening to? So, I just finished reading um, Fanatical Prospecting. So, um, a reread. Um, it's a very, if anyone that's into sales, this is a must read. So, I've just um, launched a toa sales academy and as part of that to be part of the sales business here one of the the most reads is fanatical prospecting so part of like a curriculum that we have and this you start out with reading this then we have class classroom um, work we'll do around it with all our sales folks but even for anyone's in the in, in in startup mode and you know doesn't have the say the sales um background i would absolutely recommend reading fanatical prospecting it's a really good read um, in terms of podcasts, um, I'm listening to a. I've been listening to quite a lot of podcasts lately um, around the accounting industry. Um, so it's. Um, I know people think you know accounting's boring, but it's actually an awesome industry to work in. Um, there's absolutely amazing. Some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with come from the accounting industry, and there's so many forward thinking um, accountants out there that just you know talking about all this that they. They want to use all this new technology that's out there, and this is where you know you have your startups that are building all this tech, and this is your audience that will use it. Yep. And they use it to make themselves more effective, and the better the tech stack an accountant has, the more effective they can be. Yeah. So you know the you know when you're building when you're building your technology, you know it's 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 always interesting to think of where it fits in. You know who's who's who are the customer? Who's your target market?
0: Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah spot on. Um, mate, I can see how you're going to be transitioning to back to founder land very soon. I can just tell that uh, you're not done yet. And <laughs> uh, it would be exciting to see you transition when the time's right to heading up um, a, you know, a, a, a unicorn um, billion-dollar startup out of Australia. It just You've got all the makings, and it's so exciting to hear the experience you've been able to garner across the journey. And I'm jealous that you're not down here in Melbourne with us because it sounds like those people in Noosa are getting a lot of value. Um, but we don't have the beaches. You do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the, the great part of where I live is we've got a, we've got a beautiful, we live in an absolutely, uh, we live in heaven. That's all I can say. But it's interesting you said you just said that Brandon about, um, you know, going back into that sort of startup area. Um, one of the things, look, I'm, I'm an ideas person, visionary, but um you know, I come up with all these ideas, but I personally never see them true because I'm not the technical, I'm not a technical person. Where where I play, you know, where I play big in is you know working mentoring startups, helping them, get them up and going. Um, but yeah, it's just some I and that's been my journey.
0: Brilliant, excellent. Um, what is the one key thing that we as a community and a network and an audience can shine a light on or do for you to help collaborate and promote what you're doing.
1: I am. Um, look, I to be honest with you, the tech space is, you know, it's very important to what I do. Um, you know, I want to hear more and more from the from these startups. Like, I mean, to this, I can guarantee you, was a tech startups in one in any we work in in this in this uh, country that has some sort of technology that can benefit our clients. And we have quite a lot of clients. Um, there's also plenty of startups out there that, you know, they're on, they have this amazing idea. They've built an amazing MVP product, but just don't know how to grow it. Or they don't know what the strategy is behind getting in front of people. You know, that's stuff, you know, that I can help with, you know, and I'm yeah. always, I'm always, I always have an open door. You know, if somebody wants to have a talk, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, hit me up. I'm always open.
0: You mentioned LinkedIn, which is great. That's where I found you. Yeah. Um is there a particular URL or domain people can check out to learn more about you and your endeavors right now?
1: Yeah, so um if you go, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, it's Brian slash Leam Walsh, I think it is. Yeah. And that's where you'll 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 you can connect with me there. Um, you know, I've got quite a quite a big um um, put a group, a community there and, you know, I've got a lot of connections you know, over the years. So I've built up, you know, a massive uh, um, community within my, LinkedIn, within my LinkedIn profile through various different businesses um, you know, and I'm always happy to connect people.
0: Excellent. Well, Brian Mulch, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story and your journey. We're, great, we're greatly appreciative to have you on our shores now and I believe last week it was made official. Tell me, tell me the good news.
1: Yeah, so this day last week, actually in uh, 12 minutes time, we were officially um, given citizenship. So um, Excellent. Yeah, we're well official done. citizens. And it's been, a, you know, we've been in Australia for just over eight years now. And I think it's a big milestone for myself and my family. And, yeah. you know, we're really happy to call this home. We've been welcomed to Australia with open arms. So it's now home. Excellent.
0: Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We'll have to do a part two dive a bit deeper on a particular topic and really talk some more. And thanks for being on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Brandon.